to Beach Town. Martini Racing Beach Town. You should see it in Hollywood too. Love it. Oh, do, actually, do you know what a beach is? We've got this, it's like where the water meets the land. I've, I've heard of these things. There, I felt like there were some mythical things, but I didn't think they were real. <laughs> G'day everyone, welcome to Porsche Talk Podcast. Ajmal and I have Let's not go. caught up for a few days. Happy to have you today, Ajmal. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Uh, my voice is starting to go, but otherwise good. Uh, it's proper autumn weather now, because obviously I think we were having a bit of a heat wave the last time I spoke to you. Um, but but don't worry, that heat wave disappeared after about like, 48 hours or something, and then sure, it was like sure. yeah. torrential yeah. rain and just general shittiness. But it's, it's you know, it's autumn. It's it's I like seasons, so it's autumn and I'm happy. Fantastic. So for um, those listeners out there that are tuned into the Porsche Weather channel, we are um, enjoying our summer, early summer here in Western Australia, which has been quite pleasant. The outdoor showers are already engaged very early this year. So uh, it's been... <laughs> no one needs to see that. No one needs to <laughs> see that. Get that image out of your head, I dare you. Okay. <laughs> How is so the garage? This week? How's the garage going? We're dying here about the doll's house. Okay, so uh, pretty big news, actually. The the roof is on. What? So the roof properly clay tiled. Um, obviously, all the the battening, the waterproof membrane, the tiles, everything's on. Uh, the walls, the frame, all of that's up. The flooring's done. Um, so it's. Just needs well the scaffolding's gotta come down yet, but needs the power, sort of maybe a data connection, because there's no it's signal up there because it's quite far from the house. And uh and water. Oh. And they're rocking. I've had a pretty busy week to ten days since we last spoke with the cars. Should we talk about that? What? Yeah, tell me. Okay. Yeah, so I've been working on the 356 because I had oil leaks. Now, people say you got an air-cooled Porsche, it goes with the territory, right? But I've got to be honest with the Ajmal, it shits me a bit when the car's leaking all that. Thank you very much. I understand a bit of weep, a bit of seepage. I'm, I, I've owned air-cooled cars long enough to know that what goes with the territory. This was more than that. Now, mm. admittedly, the uh, valve covers are a newer style valve cover than the one that originally came with my moto. So it's got the breather vents on the top. And right. which, look, is a design thing that when the motors were new, one of the oil squirters for one of the rockers points towards a valve cover to come back. And then after a certain amount of time, you're supposed to block them at the dealer when the car's when you, but no one ever did it. And it pisses the oil out of the vent. Of course. Right. Yeah. So when the car was rebuilt, the guy, or the, sorry, the car, the motor was rebuilt. The guy that did it, he put a, like a, a metal welded, a spot welded a metal cover over the direct vent so it'd hit it, but it wouldn't piss out through the vent, so to speak, right? Yeah. But it's still more than I'd like comes out and it drops onto the exhaust. I've got 
people in the household complaining that when the car comes back after a drive, it stinks out the garage, you know, and yep. I've got to be honest with you, it's irritated me quite a lot, okay? So I decided to completely gut the whole back end of the car, so to speak, and jet washed it, degreased it, jet washed it again, dried it all off, took the valve covers off, replaced the rocket cover gaskets. I sealed the vents. Okay. How? Glad you asked. I used an exhaust. Um, uh, I needed something that's going to be good for over 300 degrees Fahrenheit temperature because the oil temperature that can get up to in there. So I used an exhaust um, putty to seal it. And then I used some of that, um, the um, uh, epoxy metal stuff that I've sealed up over the top of that. So, and that's rated to 500 degrees Fahrenheit. So hopefully that'll deal with my problems. But go on. The putty. Yes. If the putty doesn't that, doesn't, won't that, if that breaks up, isn't that going to go into the engine? Because won't there be uh, suction? I've got a full, um, full flow oil uh, system on my car. So it may do, right? However, it's I didn't think of this idea myself. All oh, right, okay. Other people, trusted. other people have done it, right? Oh, look, I don't know the trusted bit, mildly concerned about the tried bit, but the <laughs> I've done it, um, cleaned all the surfaces up, um, straightened out my valve covers because there's a slight warp in one of them, put it all back together. Been for probably a driven, probably equivalent about 120 miles since I've done it. Not a drop anywhere. Nice. So I'm relative. I use the the gaskets that have got the metal insert in them. Okay. Yeah. So you use the gaskets, right? Yeah, the new style ones that cost like two dollars more per pair. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is nothing. And the old gaskets used to get sucked in all the time and cause more yeah. oil leaks. Anyway, that. So I think that's done that. Right. That's fixed at the moment. Touch wood. That's fixing mm. that problem. The next thing was my car has doesn't come back to idle very willingly. Okay. Right. Not an uncommon problem with um, centrifugal um, advance, right, on a distributor. However, I've got the ignition one, two, three distributor on my car. I've got that in my bedroom as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got mine in my car. You should try it. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting frustrated by it. Like it's, you know, it's just shitting me to tears. When the car's cold, it's fine, but when it warms up, it's terrible. And I was speaking to a Pete Thompson, who was a guest on the podcast. You might remember an Irish, oh, yeah. Irishman, yeah. And I said, look, Pete, this is killing me. I'm ready to just drive the car off a cliff. That's how frustrated I am. The listeners out there, don't worry, I'm not going to drive the car off a cliff. However, the um, he said, well, what's your advance like? What's your advance setup? And I didn't install the distributor, and I've not – I've had the car serviced, but I've not checked the timing myself. Yeah. Okay. And look, at idle, it was too far. It was about eight degrees Blow top dead center oh, wow. instead of about three, you know what I mean? So I thought I'll fix that. 
I'm mucking around. Get a let. You know, it's an, an imprecise science using the yep. uh, timing light. However, I did when the motor was rebuilt. I did replace the crank pulley with one from CSP, who make a lot of air cooled parts in Germany. There, that is a CNC machine with laser etched um, advance and retard marks on the pulley. So it's, that makes it easier, right? But regardless, it's still an imprecise thing. But it's yeah. close. I, you know, retarded it a bit. And because my, my idle problem isn't my carbs. They snap shut like a mouse trap. It is they are good, right? So it's had to be mm. something to do with the ignition. Since I've done it, it's been much better. But also since I've done it, I haven't driven the car in any heat. Whereas when last time I stepped me over, it was like 35, 38 degrees Celsius. Okay, so we're talking American listeners, you know, nineties. So the car was it was it was warm temperature. I just don't think my ignition one two three works in high ambient temperatures very well. Hmm. That's that's interesting because obviously my nine twelve has always had the high idle problem, right? And I always thought it was the advance that wasn't clicking back. And I changed the silicon slide inside it because that was tracks yeah. and that made a massive difference. Mm-hmm. But it's gradually got worse. And we're, and, but it hasn't gone to the point where before I changed that, it was at, you know, you're at some like two and a half thousand RPM when, you know, when the car was properly warmed up. Yep. yep. Um, and, it, you know, you'd be out traffic lights sat next to somebody and they're thinking you've, you know, initiated launch control or something. Uh, so it was ridiculous. But changing that slide, that silicon slide or, or sheet made a difference. But it still didn't when it got the you know the longer you drove it, the more it heated up, the higher and higher it got. So uh, when I get it back, I'm going to do the ignition one two three, and obviously we don't we don't get those temperatures. I mean, okay, we do we we do sometimes, but they just touch that. Um, but I really hope it's going to change the way it runs, uh, and also I'm going to have to get a new fuel pump. So. I need to go and see Max at Revival and get a regulator and a fuel pump because it's uh, the the remote sure. um, situation, you know, the mounted fuel pump uh, electronic, and uh, that's what I've got at the moment. But it just it's the the contact inside it isn't quite right, so it's just clicking away like crazy, either overfueling or it just stops working. So I need to change that, and I'm hoping that's going to make it run better because it's. There's, there's been a period of about two months. I think it ran really well and I really enjoyed it. And that was when, you know, I used to make those videos where I'd go like, I'm just going to rev it as high as it's going to go and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, at, at the back <laughs> of your mind thinking a bunch of bolts are probably going to come flying out the side. <laughs> but it's not really run that well since. So I, I need to do that just so I can get that enjoyment out of it. And and also uh, my wife has said this year that we have to, because we put a Christmas tree outside the front door Yes. Because we're at the top of the high street in our village and there's an expectation from the other villagers that we have a high, uh, Christmas tree at the top of the... Sure, sure. And obviously last year... She bought the roof It was in the... Coming, no, it's coming out the uh, sunroof of the 996. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be eight foot. So this year, my wife's saying, well, you can put it on the, uh, the 912 on the roof rack and bring it home. That she I'm bought for you. That, 
Yeah, well, the, well, the thing is, yeah, that she did buy for me, but the roof rack is, it's, I mean, I don't know if you've seen one of those. It's the vintage speed one. Have you seen one close up? Yeah, it's not, look, it's it's an aesthetic, it's not a structural thing. Yeah, it it's, feels completely ornamental. So when you, when I press it with my hand, the middle of it touches the, the roof of the car. And yep. it's got these little pads that kind of hold it up. But my car, someone has done this stupid thing where they've put a roof aerial in it. And it must have been in the 70s when, you know, they had those spring bouncy aerials Perfect. in the middle of the roof. Yeah. yeah. And it's got some, it's got a cable that runs along the side of the screen inside that looks like, you know, a Cat 5. <laughs> It looks like someone's got clips over it that they've hammered like a telephone cable outside the house. You've uh, so, you've gone through this process of your dad installing your first car stereo on your car when you had P-plates, haven't you? <laughs> so you've gone through with this exactly. antenna. Exactly. Well, I mean, it, it, it definitely looks like that. And but the problem is I thought I could just take it off and I'd put some kind of plate there, you know, one that you could bolt on. Um, but it's so someone's they've, they've painted around it. Someone's repainted the car with the aerial on yeah, yeah so i can't yeah, take yeah. it off so i've just undone the aerial and screwed it but the mount is on there so the, the roof rack is resting on the mount uh, but yeah. even looking back at that going um looking at the stereo that was already in there and it looked like it had it been in a fire or something when i opened it up it was uh, an italian uh 60s make so it was never going to work again. I, sure. I think I've, I fiddled with it so much and it got yep. to the point where a light inside it came on and I thought, oh my God, but it was never going to work. Mm-hmm. So I um, I got one of those Sanyo um, new old stock ones from the, I think they're from the 70s. But, um, but when I went to wire it, it was wired into the lighter. So you know, so, yeah, so you, yeah, I know. Seventeen, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you found the nearest positive, and you should have plugged it into that. <laughs> yeah, handcuff yourself <laughs> to it. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs> it's, and it, but the thing is, the wire run that ran down the back of the metal portion of the uh, of the dash. Sure. And you know the you know the the brushed bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was all it was a really old plastic perished wire, and it was shorting all the time, so the battery was dying all the time. Um, so I had to undo all of the wiring back there, wire it properly into the ignition switch so it turned on and off. Um, and I've put that in properly. But the the roof rack, I'm going to have to get, I, have, I might have to put an eight-foot tree on it and just collapse the roof or something. And deal with the consequences just, to just to keep your wife happy about the fact she bought you a roof rack. Yeah, exactly. So And, and also the eight-foot you know, tree. Otherwise, it could go in the hatchback. But she's going to say, "Well, if you've got the roof rack, you've got the car, you've got the garage. It's Christmas. It might be time to take her out to the car and show her how ornamental the roof rack is." <laughs> she's she's seen it from a distance, and okay. she gave it a you know shrug of the shoulders. And, Meh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> now, speaking of batteries, she likes the speaking of batteries. I actually had to replace a battery in the three fifty six too. What? Yeah, so getting a, a, a like a the battery in it's probably about five years old, maybe six years old because I've already replaced it once before. So I use an Optima, but it's a six volt car, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. Yes. And um, so it, look, it doesn't have 
the cranking juice a lot of cars do when you start it, as you can imagine, even with the clean earths everywhere and everything. Because I do go through once a year and clean all the earth points around the car just because it does make a big difference on how willing it starts. And combine that with the fact it's not an everyday driver, you know, it might go a month without getting started occasionally, you know, and, you know, you go a month without starting that car, it just hates you as a human because, you know, you're waking it up. But, um, yes, I had to replace that battery. Or actually, where I store the car, they went to pull it out and they couldn't, they said it's just dead as a doornail, put it on charge, wasn't taking charge. What do you want me to do? I said, just call this guy here. He'll come out and replace it and send me the bill. So I actually didn't have to do it, but it did need doing. In fact, I don't even know if it got done. They might have just charged me the money for it. The uh, no, and they charged you. No, seriously, they they are they are nice guys that run the place. Um, the GD4. Firstly, I hadn't driven it in like six weeks, Ashmal. Seven weeks. Six weeks. Because I was away. Yeah, you've, you've- and then I had to go away oh, right, that's work, good. remember? And, yes. um, man, it's a good car. <laughs> like the exhaust on it, everything. Drive that car with the, lock, with the windows open. Like that combined intake noise because it's, you know, right behind you and the exhaust noise that comes out of that, um, you know, Porsche Sports exhaust that's fitted to the car. I just can't even believe that car's exhaust is legal. That's how. That's the sort of sound it makes. It sounds like something that should be racing at Le Mans. Is the only way to is it a standard it. one? Yep, is it stock, stock, never been modified. Factory Porsche sports exhaust. But this is the last year before they fit all their stop making noise things to make them more produce less carbon or whatever justification they came up with to make the cars sound like Dysons, right? But the um. The, yeah, what a cracker of a motor car. I forgot how good it was. So, did you, but did you, I, I'm, I mean, can you drive it with the window open there? You know, you might get hit by a, a giant mosquito or a kangaroo or an <laughs> ostrich or something. I don't know. <laughs> Look, you could, you could definitely assume that could happen. However, right, <laughs> it hasn't yet. The, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> by the way, we don't have ostriches here, we have emus. Very similar. Look oh, that's just sorry. Sorry, yeah. I should have known that. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the other thing is finally, finally after how long about the car? 18 months coming up to, right? Gotcha. The, the reverse camera works. What? It hasn't worked it. since I got the car, right? So it's been back and forth to the Porsche Center. They then get a contractor in to have a look at it, you know, an electrical guy. Auto yep. electrician style guy. He's sitting there shaking his head and going, mate. And they said, okay, we've got one more guy. Send out him. Who I actually know the guy. His name's Jason. He runs a place called carstereoshop.com here in West Australia. And he works on a lot of uh, high-end European cars and um, exotics for whatever reason that they might need any work done for the um, stereos and all that sort of thing, reverse cameras, if they were legal, um, counter laser measures for the um, speed control, um, as well as um, other things. And he had to actually import the module from Germany from the manufacturer that supplied in the Porsche because Porsche no longer provide the um, supply the part that had failed. What, on a, on a five-year-old car? 2016, where are we at? Seven years old. 
Oh, seven years, seven years. I thought it was 2018. Still seven. It's not old. Oh, look, it's an electric box. You know what cars are like. For that type of stuff. Okay, so that was a a warranty job then. Yeah, yeah. So that's all done and dusted now. Put it in reverse. It all works. Everything's there. So, oh, wow. Finally, after that long. So that's the uh, car update. Um, I've put out a video on my YouTube channel. I did see that, yes. An epic. Do you know what? <laughs> I, well, well, the thing is, it's because it came up at the same time as a whole load of others. Like Johnny Smith put one out. Oh, yeah. Jeff, yeah. Oh, you know, Jeff put one yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all kind of came up all at the same time. And as you know, I'm kind of off, off YouTube. I dislike it, but I don't really watch YouTube because it's um, become, I don't know what it is. It's its become a bit samey. Yeah, yeah I get um, it. And look, you don't have to apologize for not watching my shithouse videos, all right? I'm I okay. Did with watch it. your shithouse video. <laughs> well, but, but the thing is, it doesn't mean I don't watch them. There's some that I still watch. But it's just before there were some video content producers who were prolific and they were doing some stuff that nobody else was doing and it was pretty good. But then it just became sort of, you know, when you you think, oh, there's that video by that guy who I quite like. So you start yes, watching yes. something. Mm-hmm. But but now it gets to the point you, you just skim past it and go, right, no, no, no. Yeah. And before you know it, you go, no, I, there's nothing on there that I want to watch. Yeah, I 100% on. understand. I do the same thing. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, my the thing I watch most on YouTube, and this will absolutely thrill the listeners, no doubt, is calisthenics exercises that I do in the mornings. That's that's my bread and change, man. Oh, that's my bread and butter of YouTube these days. I don't actually uh I watch very very little car content for the same reason you watch very little car content, and that is there's just not much original stuff coming out anymore. No, there isn't. And and also some of it, you know, um, I'm not that interested in the massively exotic new cars. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, but at the same time, you know, someone came out because recently I've just started looking at so I think it's just because of what I see on the roads. Every now and again you see something a bit different. And I saw a, a 1980s Renault 5. You know, you know the ones that were kind of are, so are basic. We, are we going to have this conversation about is it classic or is it just shit? Are we going to have that conversation <laughs> no, no, again? No, no, no. <laughs> no we, we've done we've done that. That was, yeah, yeah. That was it was the old bullshit or not? You know, yeah, yeah. It, it was the most shit. And di- I think we concluded that an old immaculate Nissan Bluebird is just it's shit. Always excelled. unless it's a three liter. Did they make a three liter? I know they made an. I don't think about the old skyline. You know the the very. Oh, that's very it, yeah. 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 Sorry. Because yeah. they cause they made because uh, they made uh, Miss and Sylvia. Now now you're talking. But uh, but when they, but when they made um, was it the Toyota Camry in the eighties? You know that, that completely sort of square boxy one. Hang on, hang on. You know, it had smooth edges to the box. Yeah. Before and, you, uh, <laughs> before you shit can those right. Just remember those early Camrys were rear wheel drive. They were. They made a V6. Yeah, so that, that could be that would be drift material today. That car came out, wouldn't it? Yes, I'd, I'd think that's probably one of the few cars that I would prefer as a drift car. 
<laughs> well, he did say this and Sylvia, so all I'm thinking is two Jay-Z yeah. right now, right? But, it's, but the thing is, it's... But I was, I, when I saw this run on five, and, you know, most of the journeys that I do are really short, and I, which is why, probably why I hardly ever drive by 996. Sure. Because I don't want to do the really short where it never really gets a full heat cycle through it. So I just don't use it. And um, I was thinking, but if I had something like that, like a, a Golf Mark 1, just a bog standard five door 1.1 or a 1.3, I'd love one of those. But, or an Alpha Sud. Like you put a basic one, but then but then they've all rusted away. Stop, I had a raspberry one stop. rust away. Stop. What? what? You've got to stop right now. You don't need a Renault 5 or a Golf Mark 1 that costs you more than your 996 did, and you're more worried about a heat cycle in that. That is true. I should probably just go for a Lancia Stratos or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When you're going to sell a house and not tell a wife. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. uh, I, I was saying to my wife, I saw something, I can't remember what it, Oh, yeah, that was it. I saw, a, I saw an Aston Martin Vantage from 2006. Oh, yeah, that, yeah that's just a hand grenade that someone's pulled the pin on. Yeah. The thing is, you know, I'm, I, if I was to buy one, I'd probably buy a higher mileage one because all the shit that's going to happen to it has probably already happened. It's had to be fixed you know already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, someone's using it, and, and you know it's full of Ford and Volvo parts back then. What a pretty car! Um, oh, it still looks fantastic. And guess what? It was like less than twenty grand. Full service history, looked fantastic. And I say to my wife, "I look at this," and she went, "You know the rules. It's got to be one out to get one in." Is that how? Is that a rule in your house? No, no, no. That's a rule now because I haven't got any money. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm working again. Yeah, I am, but uh, you know my salary is doing paying the bills at the moment. Uh, but, but but the but I said I said to her, "Over the spot in the garage," and she went, "No." She said, "No, you, there's no." That's for all the shit out in that shed that you don't know what's in there anymore. That's what that space that garage is for. She's the she's the she's the voice of reason, and it, you know if it wasn't, I would just start looking at them. Yeah, but because it's not an option, I just stopped. I think it just came up, and I feel like you know these. Apps that make recommendations, they use cookies and, and they probably listen to what you're saying via your phone. Right. I feel now. like they're now reading my mind. I think like they're now reading my mind. So I was just I was walking down the road and I was thinking, do you know what? I wonder if there's one. And I went to I just opened about two days later, I opened the eBay app. And the first thing that came up was Aston Martin Vantage. And it says, We've detected that your brain waves are thinking about now, do you know what it is. It's Firstly, you're the first person to open up an eBay app since about 2020, right? No one's opened up. No one's opened up the eBay app since COVID. I just don't even know how that's actually a platform that anyone's buying anything from anymore. It's up there with Amazon. Well, I bought. I bought two things last week. Of eBay. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a long time. Yeah, okay. But, well, um, it was some steel hubcaps for my new Group 4 Steelies. Yeah, nice, nice. That aren't made of steel. Um, and, uh, well, two things. Yeah, that One was a set of them that you can't tell if they're dented to hell because they're so filthy. They need yes. polishing. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them had the crest missing off it. So I had to buy the crest separately. Now, the reason I bought those was um, they were £80 for the four. Bargain. Now, normally, 
everybody else wants like 500 quid for beating the hell ones. You go, there's no way. I'd rather just go without. But then when these came up, I thought, yeah, you know what? I'll have those. One of them's got the Christmas in, but it doesn't matter. Worst case, I'll take all of them off, all the crests off. <laughs> but I uh, I then uh, put in a bid for uh, just the crest, which was £15, which I thought was quite a lot, considering the the actual hubcap with the crest that I bought was 20 quid. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the problem was the guy then messaged me and refunded me the money and said, I took a photo of it, but I've since lost it. <laughs> he said, I'm really sorry. Did you feel like you were dealing with you? I did, I did. yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what? And I went, no, I appreciate you reaching out. No worries, dude. Thanks for letting me know. But the, see, the eBay app is there and selling stuff like, you know, yeah, old look, hubcaps, press and, and vantages. Yeah, in, here in Australia, the only thing you get on eBay is just businesses nowadays. No one actually sells old shit themselves for auction on eBay. I, I couldn't even tell you the last time I saw something that was available. That people, like people use Gumtree over here, which is like a... Yeah, Facebook got marketplace it. type thing, you know what I mean? Yep. That, and Facebook marketplace has probably replaced eBay to a degree on a lot of that type of thing. It probably has. I guess it's charge-free, but it's got no protection, has it? Oh, look, can you imagine trying to actually claim back on eBay? You'd be dreaming. Uh, I've not had to do it. But, no, but hang on. Before we move off the Aston Martin Vantage. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. How much are they over there A 2006? I have no idea. I reckon it'd have to be a hundred grand car here. Hundred grand, man. We should. I'll go and buy up all the twenty grand ones and send them over to you. Yeah, but you know what? They, by the time you got they got here, you'd have to piece one together out of the bits of a left that fell apart on the ship that rusted apart. It it only needs to work to the point that you're handing it over to somebody, and they need to be able to get home, and that's it. No, no, no. It's not true, Ashley. I've still got. A, I've got plenty of years ahead of me that I'm going to have to sleep at night. Oh, uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that would be a bad thing to do. Adam. I'm, I'm, I still, when I see one, when I see one, there's something that says I want one, but at the same time, I know that I'd get bored with it. Yeah, Because okay. it's a great looking car. You know, it's, it's the one that you always look back at. Wherever you park it, you look back at it. Um, but it's a, it's a GT car. It's 4.3 litre, you know, if you get the V8. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's fast. I, obviously, if something went wrong with it, it would be horrific. But, but hang on, what are you talking about? So it's, it's filled full of uh, parts that run taxis around the world. Yeah, the, see, that's the thing. You would have to know. You'd just have to look up the, the part number because it's even the – I think even the, the key fob, if you peel the leather off it, it says Volvo under it. <laughs> So, you know, the power steering pump, stuff like that, you know, it's just off a of Volvo or a Ford Mondeo. So if you went to, you know, Aston, they'd go, it's a thousand pounds. But if you went to a local, eBay. you know, auto part place or, or, uh, or an auto part place, they'd go, it's 200 pounds. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you'd be able to keep it going. Uh, but it's, I think it's, it's an, it feels like an older person's car, even though it's one of the better ones. Like, you know, I used to like the DB7. Sure. But I always felt like like the Jaguar XKs and, and things like that. I feel like they're they're an older person's car. Do you feel but that the age of the car is changing at the same age as you are, right? So do you think that car will always be that generation away from you? Uh no, because 
there's some cars that you can look at and say, I'll never be old enough to own that. And some people who are born old enough to own them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like um, Morgan owners. Yeah, or an XJ of some kind. Yeah, yeah, sure. The um, We had classic cars and coffee here on the weekend and went down with the uh, 356 and the sausage dog and my daughter. Nice. And um, I drew the conclusion that I reckon – in my, what, 11 years, 12 years of ownership of that motor car now, I reckon I could have paid it off if I had a dollar for every photo taken of it. Well, yeah, that's true. Like, it was parked next to a stunning 930, right? Mm. Absolutely plumb this car was. And... The photos, like, you know, I was talking to someone across across the way who had this, like, Rolls-Royce convertible phantomy thing with wood on the deck, right? It looked amazing, this car did, but I was just talking about that. So I could sort of see what was going on, and my daughter was sitting in the passenger seat, you know, patting the dog. And I'm, I'm looking over there, and I'm thinking, there's not a woman that walks past that doesn't take a photo. And half the men do. It's, it's, they're such good-looking cars. It's the same as – I get the same thing with the 912. It's – once you get kind of into the 80s, they're kind of a, a – they become a blokes thing. But cars that are from the 70s and 60s, yep. they, they kind of appeal to everybody. Yeah, I think you're right. The um, But it's just – yeah, because when you see a, like a G-body type thing, mm-hmm. uh, a 930, they're kind of, you know, 80s stockbrokers type thing. Dentist. Um, yeah. So people look at those and you go, oh, yeah, it's a Porsche. But that's it. Whereas that people, you know, ooh and ah about them. Um, and then they're much, you know, they're much prettier cars. Let's face it. What? what? I actually, I I think that the 993 is a pretty looking car. Whereas I don't think the 964 is, right? Well, 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 I... I like the back of the 993. The front, I'm not sure about because I feel like the, it's too fat around the lights. Yeah, okay. And and the 964 has grown on me because, bizarrely, last night I had a drink with um, Simon Jessup. Yeah, okay. And he's got uh, a red 964, and it is just fantastic. Everything, Every little detail that you look at that car, even the little bits of wear inside it, I mean, you'd have to really look hard to actually find the wear on it. It's, sure. it's low mileage. It's so maintained. Um, but it's just, you just look at it. It's so dinky. It's just when you look at it, how narrow it is, how yeah. low it is. And you just think, I love just this, everything about it. It's just small and perfectly formed. Um, but now, obviously, they're just completely out of reach. I, they're, you know, <laughs> I think so that the, breaking them up. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the 964 is the most ready to stance 911. The, you know, the uh, low bumper, bulky bumper height. Looks like its ass is dragging on the ground at stock right height. And then when people <laughs> lower it, lower it, it just looks the business. You know what I mean? I just think, like, you look at um, Andy's photos of Andy yes. from Last Rasp. His car, you know, is stanced to perfection. And that's not, you know, his green 964. 
And um, every time I see them on social media, they just look so menacing with how um, focused they are on that the way they ride. You know, I, I really that's what I really like about nine six fours. That's the same with with Simon's. It, it's not slammed by any means. It's mm-hmm. just right. It's not yeah. you know you, you know when you've got the, the he's got the standard wheel, and you've got. The, the way that the wheel rests in the arch. Hang on, wait, wait. When you say standard on 964, you're talking like that monoblock style or you're talking about the uh, turbo style? You know, they're the turbo style ones. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're the turbo style ones. I'll He'll tell us. I'll have a photo of it on later. He'll tell us. Um, but the thing is, and the thing that Simon was saying to me is that I should sell my 912. Really? And I should I should trade it. I should trade up. Into what? Um, into you know uh, a G body, a nine thirty of some kind. Nah. Into you know. No, but then I yeah. no, but then keep going. Because you have to you have to put money in every time. You can't just go. I'm going to sell it for a bit more because everything else has gone up. So you have to always put some money in. Yeah, but nine but nine thirties um, now they're like they're horrific money for. The driving experience. Oh yeah, I mean it's happened over here a bit later um, because I think it's in the last few years it, they've really gone up. But then you know it's everyone's looking for the next thing, aren't they? That they can throw money at or sure. that they can get into. And at the moment over here, it's the nine six four. The nine six four is expensive, and. I really wanted one probably about five years ago. And you know, when you go five years ago, oh, I should have bought that. Why didn't I buy it? Because I didn't have the money. Yeah, of course. It's the same reason now. It doesn't matter yeah. that it's gone up or down. I don't have the you money. You still don't have the money. But exactly. But it's just, I think it's just that it's a proper analog car, but it just, there's that slightly more refined feel about it. And you have to, drive it you have to pay attention when you're driving it because even in my 996 obviously it's got traction control sure and you can you can drive it hard but i still feel like if i lost it around a bend there's no way i'm getting that back (laughs) that's just going to be going backwards into a tree the you've heard it here first i'm going to make a call okay The cars that went stupid during COVID are minutes away from their big correction. They they are. I believe they are. And that is the whole G-Body 964-993 series of cars. 996 has already had their correction here in Australia. But the the same cars are 40% cheaper now than six months ago. They never, they never had a moment over here. They never, they yeah, never I know that. Even. We spoke about them a number of times on the channel because remember I did yeah. that comparison of Yaris's and 996's. Yeah, it just it didn't go up. But the thing is, I don't think the 993 has skyrocketed as much as the 964. They're still dearer than 964's here. Really? Yep, yep. So the they've maintained their, I guess appeal over and above the 964 right throughout this time. I know in the UK and some areas of the US for specific cars, you know, it's been the case where 964s are more valuable. But, like, let's face it, 
you're buying on condition. If you're buying on condition, a good nine six four is always a better buy than a shit nine nine three, right? Yeah, doesn't matter. Yep. But if you compare like with like, it hasn't. It's not the nine six fours aren't more valuable than nine nine threes here in Australia. Like with like, you know, oh, no. that whole singer. Um, I guess um, I was going to say myth, but um, urban myth that they're going around and just buying up everybody, every mm-hmm. shell that becomes available. I, I've not seen any evidence of that. I don't know. There's not many around. I, there's not many around for sale over here. I don't know. I'm I thinking, don't really, um, They didn't sell many, though, either, Ajmal, remember? No, that's true, yeah, because it was on the... It was on the decline then, wasn't it? Yeah, not just on the decline. You had the um, you had a stock market crash during its production. You know what I mean? So there's a number of that's why there's no nine six four turbos. Like nine six four turbos are gold plated, right? Because they just didn't make many of them. Speaking yeah, of which, I just takes me back. That sort of takes me back to the the rarity. Yeah, sort of stunning navy blue with linen and like light blue piping interior 964 turbo classic cars and coffee that was just a dream boat of a car like the paint was just so deep you could trip over and fall into it you know wow is that but it's because i I don't think i've ever seen a proper 964 turbo bad boys yeah not not really seen one but i think they're um I don't know. I mean, was it? Is it because of the stock market crash, or is it because people didn't like it? Because you know, I was talking to Simon about this yesterday. They're expensive. They're expensive, but you know, when like now people are modifying cars and they're putting you know four liter engines in and they've got sure. you know, three or four hundred horsepower, and you just go, do I want to be driving something that's that? You know, it's not all the all the R and D that Porsche put into that, right? Billions of it, and someone's just gone. I know what I'll do. I'll stick a four-liter engine in there and double the horsepower. You just think that you've just ruined it. You can't. You can't drive it flat out. You can't really enjoy it. You can't push the limits on it. So I, I'm not sure. I'm bought into the whole. Yes, resto mod. I don't mind, but when it goes just that little bit too far, it has to be subtle, right? I don't know. It has to add something rather than just going. We're gonna to the experience of driving one rather than just how it looks written on a piece of paper. So I don't know. I'm not articulating it very well. Yeah, not. Look, to that end, what I like about resto mods is there's someone's car and that's that person's car and they can do whatever they want to it. Mm, that's kind of uh, I mean, that's a big thing in the US, right? Everyone wants to wants custom. Or, or and whatever you like because it's your car, you can do, right? Yep. Now, sure, I don't agree with most stuff that gets done like you, but, you know, if you drive most high-performance modern Porsches, like RS products, that type of thing, right, Mm. they've got no torque to use on the street. No. You know, you can't, unless you're at five or 6,000 RPM, you can't actually get any zing out of the car. And like, what's the point of having it if you haven't got the zing, right? So yeah. if that's the case, why buy the Porsche? Or if you've got a solution to fix it by bringing the torque right back down the curve, 
Yeah, because you're only really driving on the street. You're not going to the track as often as you thought you would like or might. I can't see a negative to that, right? You know, whether that means if you've got a turbocharged model car and you just change the tune to suit what you're using the car for, man, do what you want. Knock yourself out. Now, see, there's a real originality thing over here, but then, you know, it takes me back to my... Uh... Yeah, English have always been like that, though. Yeah, but, but it also takes me back to the uh, Renault 5. <laughs> <laughs> Renault 5. <laughs> and me wanting a, a Golf, you know, uh, a 1.1 or... I mean, I'd stretch to a 1.6. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just a non-GTI, five-door, pro mm-hmm. hub caps. yeah. I just love one, and and you know I I always every now and again look, and there's a model called a GX, I think it was. There's a GX or a GLX. That, I mean, I think they were the both were a model, and I wanted those. I would have wanted one in silver, with chrome hubcaps, and you know it would have. They, I think they had a grey cloth interior with vinyl backs on the seats, and <laughs> I, I just love one of those. I really would. Um, but I don't, they're just so expensive, or, or they don't exist. I don't know. Yeah, you aren't yeah, I get it. I get it. The uh, look, they're one of those cars that at some point they were too expensive to fix. Yeah, because I, I feel that same way about Saab nine hundred turbos. <laughs> it's free to say that story the other day. Which one are you talking about, though? Aero. Which one are you talking about? Oh, right. Okay. So what? Uh... Is that the 90s one? Yeah, 90s. Yeah, yeah. With the big bumpers? Yeah, yeah, big bumpers and colour-coded wheels. Uh, yes, so someone in my village has one. It's really? Daily. Yeah, he's driving around. It's uh, dark it red, burgundy. Oh, red, one. yeah, yeah. No, okay, it's burgundy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I chat to him every now and again. And uh, and he said, yeah, I've had a, a, a few of these. And I went, oh, how many? And he went, oh, three or four. And I went, Oh, which ones did you have before? And he went, no, they were, they were, exa- I said a few of these, they were exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> so he's literally been the exact same car. His wife again. still thinks he's got the original one. Yeah. <laughs> and, he's, and you know, I, I never really, I was never, I'd never been in a Saab 99 Turbo. So that was the one of the first kind of everyday yep. Yep. cars that you saw that was turbo powered. And obviously, mm-hmm. you probably would have had massive turbo lag. Not just that, horrific torque steer. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Front wheel drive. Yes. Um, Engine in front of the gearbox. Yes. Uh, and and the key under the handbrake. Yes. Because that's a security feature. So the driver, you can't even get your, you can't get your key First out. time you get in, where does this go? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, it's, because my brother had a 9,000, Saab 9,000 in the 90s. Was he an accountant? Uh, no, he was, at the time, I think he was a management consultant, which of is kind of the was. same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Although during that time, he also had a Peugeot 1.9 GTI. Oh, five. nice, nice. Um, so, but I remember when he had this, um, and I would I would have been a kid, you know, he's, he's like... Five years older than me, so I, sure. he was quite young when he had it. So I would have been about fifteen. He would have been twenty. And he, back then, you could get cars like that at that age. I think it was a company car, and um, and I, I can't remember where we went. And he, I had to wait in the car while he went to do something. 
Yeah. And I just kept turning the stereo on and off because the aerial would come out as you turn the stereo on. <laughs> I just sat there turning it on and off and it killed the battery. Everybody <laughs> came in and he said, what, what the hell is like a brand new car? What's happened? And I went, I don't know. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think something simple, something simple that, you know, at the moment, uh, my 996, for example, that it's got a bit of a, of the last week, it's developed a wandering idol. Ah, and, yes, yes, okay. So, so I thought, well, okay, it could be something simple or it could be something quite big. Now, it's got, obviously, timing chain guides. They've It's nearly those since I've had it. Yes. Um, but it still drives the rate. Um, but the idle sometimes is at, at 1,000 RPM, which is, it's never done that before. It's always been a bit kind of up and down. Um, but, and then, you know, people are saying, oh, it's the oil separator, it's, um, the mass airflow sensor or something. Uh, whereas other people are saying, oh yeah, that happened to me and I changed all of those things and nothing happened. And then the one day just stopped doing it. The last thing you want is, uh, an intermittent problem. Of course. And, but whereas, you know, if you have an old car, it's pretty simple. You just need, you know, a pair of pliers and a hammer to fix it. Doesn't matter what's wrong with it. That's what I need in my life. I I don't think you use your 996 enough. I think so too. So I'm, forget, I'm, I'm still... forget these other joke cars, right? Not joke cars. Golf Mart 1. What? Okay. Take that back. Forget these other novelty cars. Look up, the, look up the look up the word novelty for me. I see the word jokes associated with it. Now, um, it's, it's no, forget really these novelty cars. Enjoy the car that's in the probably street getting shat on under a tree somewhere right now, right? And um, use that. Don't worry about this other stuff, Ajmal. You've got an aspirational car. Yeah, I mean, I do love my 996. Even and you're aspiring yeah. for mediocrity yeah. right now. No, no. Quirky is what I'm aspiring for. You don't, uh, whereas... you don't need more quirk, my friend, all right? You carry in enough quirk <laughs> in your life. <laughs> I've heard that before. Because <laughs> Jack, is, Jack is trying to convince me that I should sell the 996. He said, look, every time you've got to change something on it, all the bolts break. It takes fucking forever to do anything on it. Um, and I, I'm not sure he's going to allow me back when I say to him, you know, I told you last time that I, the rear uh, lower arms, yes, yes. coffin arms got yes. changed mm-hmm. just because they made a creaking noise. Yes. But changing them is just totally amplified all the other noise. Yeah. How, well, not the noises, the fact that it's like, it's the back is now so different to the front. The problem, the problem you've got from here though, like let's say you did sell it. And I'd love to hear the listeners' input on their opinions on this as well. Where do you go from one. here? You're gonna get you're gonna have to go into a nine nine seven, right? Or you've sniffed around on nine nine ones. You're gonna not just spend more money, it's gonna be too nice for you because you just don't give a rat's ass about it, right? So as a result, oh, actually you might time all right with a garage and it'll eventually get to spend some time indoors, right? But the brutal mm. facts of the whole situation is. The 996 perfect for you because you can treat it like shit and get away with it, whereas you're not going to get away with that on a more modern one. Uh, no, I don't know. 
Maybe maybe I just need to go all in Aston Martin Vantage. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. That's the same yeah. era, you nine nine six, the same generation. But, you have the um, same problems. That is true. I know, but the thing is, I love my nine nine six. I, yeah, I but just you know love what? it. Honestly, like it makes me so happy. If you found a hundred thousand mile nine nine one manual C two, right? Yeah, you'd be all over it. You took it, you'd take it for a drive and handcuff yourself to it. Yeah, if it, if it was good, if it. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I haven't got any money. I can't afford it. Let's look. The listeners don't want to hear you. On. The listeners don't need to hear someone who owns two Porsches crying poverty. All right. The poverty Porsches, though. <laughs> you, you you sound like that guy that's got four nine two fours, none of which are running in the backyard right now. He owns four Porsches, right? You, you sound like that guy. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm sorry, any nine two four listeners out there? Okay, I'm not. I'm not quite that. But the thing is, it's like one of my friends would really like a Boxster, and he's been. He's always looking at the ads for them. You know, he wants a really, and he wants a really Ooh. nice one. I'm glad you brought that up. I'll talk about this again in a sec. Go. Yeah. Yeah, but the, the thing is, he 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 says now I can't buy one. And I'm like, we have a coffee quite regularly. And I'm like, well, why not? And he said because you've got a nine eleven. And he went, and a 911 always trumps a Boxster. <laughs> the thing is, and I said, but I've got the crustiest, literally the crustiest 911 in the UK. And he went, yeah, but it's still a 911. But what, what cars do you own? I own a 911. It's, you know, that's it. <laughs> no one else needs to know anything else. <laughs> that's, and, that's his view on it. And no matter what, you're not telling them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So to me, it's, you know, it's, it is a 911. There's no other way that I would have been able to afford one. But it's it's just grown on me so much since I've had it. Because at first, and I think it's it's quite well documented. But at first, the first drive I had in it, and I was just like, "What's all the fuss about? This is this is average." Yeah, but it just wasn't used very often by the previous owner. And everywhere I went, went I thrust the life out of it for that first two weeks. After two weeks, I just got in it, started it one day. It just sounded different from the off. Yeah, okay. I drove it, and I just thought. Oh my god! This is a different car from the moment I bought it, and since then I've just loved it. It's every drive, I love in it. Just need to drive more. You do need to drive it more. Let's talk box turd for a second. Yes, I'm considering going down the debacle you did. Oh my god! With some assistance from a friend of ours, Jeff. Oh, not not his his VA or V ten or whatever he's doing. He's, he's, he's what's he call these? He's he's rockstar, right? He's uh, got the Audi V eight in it. Now, there's there's one here in Perth that's recently engines taken a dump, and it's I know it's a young guy. He's not in a position to fix it. I reckon I could nick it. The rest of the car's in pretty good state, and I'm thinking it could be a project track car. Oh, would you put it back to just a, a stock Boxster? If by six litre LSV8 conversion you mean stock, yes, I would. That fits in there. There's companies in the States that sell you the kit to do it. What? I mean, the, the, so it'd be, if you say it'd be like you'd have a V8 behind you. Yeah, 600 horsepower V8 right sitting right there, yeah. 
What? I, you know, the only thing is... It, it sounds like a bit of fun, doesn't it? It sounds like a lot of work to get there, but I'm look, not a track person, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and it's but, not the, look. It's not the first time it's been done. I'm not going to be blazing any trail here. Yeah, you know. Well, if they're selling a kit, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're selling a the kit, and I'll just source the motor locally because, you know, that mo- those motors were put into millions of Holden or General Motors motor cars yeah. over here in Australia that are yeah. now sitting in wreckers, right? Because we've been wrapped around telephone poles, and um, yeah, something and something like that, and then. Just, you know, doing the whole Berg spider conversion, get rid of the windscreen type thing, you know what I mean? You know, don't even make it street legal. Are you going to do that thing? Do you remember when someone did that thing where they made it look like a 356? No, I'm definitely not doing that. That looks terrible. <laughs> it looks stupid, doesn't it? But the thing is, it's... Um, have you seen the Berg spider? Uh, I don't think I have. Have I? So check out Porsche Berg Spider. It's a white and green thing, single seater. Looks amazing. Supercar Blondie did a video on it. Anyway, oh, I probably haven't seen it. Yeah, I, it, yeah, I'm thinking yeah. something like that. Well, the thing is, is Jeff going to do it for you? No, he's not. But you know what? He's. I'm going to find out from him all the hard stuff. <laughs> Because you know, if, if anyone's learned the hard way, it's Jeff. <laughs> so he's just going to give you the benefit of all of his experience. DIP. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But um, I, I was, uh, I, I, you know, we are talking about YouTube before and he released his brand sport video like within yeah. about six minutes of me releasing mine, coincidentally. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that, yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I went, I went ahead and watched his because he's only short. And um, <laughs> the yeah, it just reminded me of how good a time I had with he and Mike from Wrench. So it's, uh, it's, it's, I know those, I know that uh, Jeff listens occasionally. So, Jeff, good video. Thanks for the company. It was good fun. So going back to your... Boxer thing. Box turd, yep. Box turd. Uh, so what is a, a decent middle, middle, mid-range? Hang on, what is it? A nine, 986? Yeah, 986, yeah. Okay, so what's a mid-range 986 3.2S worth over there working? 30, 35 grand. And what's, and the one that you're looking at, is that an S or is that a 2.5? No, it's just a, or a I, I don't know. But it doesn't matter to me. Okay, so what do you reckon you'd get that for? Or are you or do you not want to say? Ten. Ten, okay. I'm guessing. Actually, that would be a really good, good and price I reckon, for it. And realis- realistically, all joking aside, I reckon the project would cost me another ten. No. What? I mean, what do getting the getting the engine gearbox? You need to get a new gearbox. No, the kit would allow you to use the. Yes, yeah, that's one. right. The kit comes with the bell housing conversion, all that sort of stuff. Okay, so you've done that. Something. Yeah. Um. Then, so, so you've got to buy the engine, buy the kit, do I the work. The, I reckon the engine will cost me three to five grand. All right, so this is a second-hand engine out of a... Of course, uh, yeah, 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 something's something's crashed, you know. Okay. I reckon the kit kit landed will cost you about three grand. 
and the rest will just be my time and all the ancillaries and odds and sods and stuff like that. So you're going to do it yourself as well in your own Yeah, for, Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, otherwise, it's going to cost me another 10 for labour, isn't it? On something, how far? Something that's not going to work that well, really. If it doesn't work, you know, what do I do? Go back to and pay him another ten? I'd rather really waste my own time doing it and not work. How uh, how far how far away do you live from Jeff? <laughs> Just in not, case, not, not too far. Only about four thousand kilometres. Oh yeah, so he could be there. He could be there in no time. It's like him going down the shops. Yeah. <laughs> Just get him over. You might be over for dinner. I'd say while you're here. I've got I've got a guy that can cut and shut for me. He's done a lot of work for me in the past, it, right? Does it need cut and shutting? Look, I don't know 100%, but there's a pretty good chance, I reckon, it's going to need a bit of cutting and shutting. Yeah, but if there's a, if there's a kit, surely it would just, you know, yeah, slide in know. there. Yeah, but there might be chassis reinforcement bits that need to go on where the engine's mount or something like that that need to be welded on. I don't know. I haven't done enough research yet. I'm shooting from the hip here. Is anyone well, out there? Well, is well, any listeners out there done it? And can, can you tell me about barking up the wrong tree here? Yes, I'm there with these up going on. Done it. <laughs> the reason Jeff, I, I, the we, reason, and let me tell you, the reason Jeff went with the Audi motor mm. is because the gearbox in a box that he's told me is a reversed front wheel drive Audi gearbox, and it bolts straight up, no adapters or anything. Okay. Now I don't know. I don't look. You, yeah. You know, I think it's a four point two liter V eight. That Audi V eight, off memory, right? I should. Remember. Is that a reliable engine? Is that a reliable engine? Look, I don't know. It's uh, the the pretty solid stout units, from my understanding. And I used, I had an RS four that had one in it for a little while. That was a it was a good engine. Like made some amazing sound, yeah. and it went like the clappers. Yeah, I mean they're they're. Great, great engines in in those cars, but I don't know reliability wise that that series of Audi was. I don't yeah, know. I don't, like you I know, like know. in the BMWs with the um, with the plastic parts they put in the engines, and it just grinded, um bricked them, I guess. But um, but it's interesting. We should get Jeff back on. I reckon, uh, yeah, Jeff. Uh, Jeff tells me he does listen when he works in the. Uh, in the shed, so I know he's, he's listening now. Jeff, come back on the podcast. We need an update on the box to to talk me out of this. Well, uh, no, I don't know if we if we do. We need it. We need his expertise to talk through what you're planning on this insanity that you're planning on doing. <laughs> and he's going to go. I've done it. Don't do it. <laughs> you're mad. Or he might say, "Great idea. I'm so glad I've gone down this path." And then Susie hangs up. He'll be laughing. He's um. <laughs> look, I'd love to know whether or not. His videos fund the project. Well, I don't know on the Alpha though. The Alpha is that would have cost a serious amount of money. Looks amazing. I guess he's doing he's he he's doing all the stuff himself though, isn't he? Yeah, like there's no like there was very little labour costs that I can see. You know. Yeah, so they must be funding it then. I can't even imagine what a three sixty motor costs though. Can you? I know. I. Uh, and and he's had it, or he's rebuilt it, or or is it no, is it working? It was working when he. Oh, it was apparently working when he bought it, but he's since started it, so it does work. 
Yeah, I saw the video because when I saw it that it had gone to a show, and I messaged him straight away and gone, "Have I have I missed a video? What? I'm, how did you get it there?" And he's like, "No, no, it hasn't been fired up yet." It has now though. Have you watched his video from where he fired? Yeah, I watched that one. I, watched, I saw his reaction. His reaction was brilliant. Too. Yeah, that, that was the highlight of the video. It really was. It was the rest of it was yeah. When <laughs> when he had to come out to the camera to, just to say yes. <laughs> I mean, that, just that when I think about the amount. I'm, I mean, I totally get that reaction. The amount of hours he's put into that. Well, he's, he, I say he's two or three years into the project, I reckon. Yeah, and then when when he's hit the garage top onto the bodywork, did you see that? Yes. And I, I fell for him. I thought, oh man, I'm sure he could have cried then because he probably so did. He just didn't film that bit. Well, yeah, probably. But it's it's so much effort's gone into it, and he's got it to a point where. I mean, that bodywork and the way their engine looks, perfection. That's amazing, isn't it? Then the stance, the way the wheels fill the arch. Mate, I couldn't, that, I couldn't it, drive it. I couldn't, not after, not after, if I'd put that much effort into something, <laughs> well, firstly, I would never do such a yeah, thing. Yeah, going on a shelf. <laughs> if I did, but if I did, it'd be like, no, I can't, I can't yeah, do that anywhere yeah. near other people. <laughs> Just in case they breathe near it. The, um, yeah, exactly. It was um was what was really good at Rensport, spending the time with he and Mike from Wrench was um how they look at everything differently and hearing the conversations. Mm. Because they're so hands on, you know. They both yeah. do everything. So the way they look at things was uh yeah, really fascinating and the conversation points that you know, there are so many aspects of Porsche enthusiasts which really opened my eyes up to, you know, like people who want to fold their own metal to get the perfect join and the things that are important to them when they look at the way a panel gap fits compared to the way I look at it and the way the bumper fits and the um, radius and how sharp a radius is on a fold of a panel for where the bumper to sit into and how that one's not right, but look at this one. And also what was really interesting is how, um, you know, people uh, hold – German manufacturer up as a gold standard from pretty much the war era onwards, right? Mm. And the how individually manufactured so many of the race cars were, how imperfect they were put together because of, uh, you know, what was needed to be done to get them on the track or for an event or after a crash or whatever, you know, and even factory race cars, you know, you look at where the wheels sit in the body off to one side a little bit and stuff. And, you know, and you find out through the car's history, it's actually never had a crash. That's just the way it is. You know, <laughs> that's, that's an era thing. And the bizarre thing is, obviously, after the war, Brits went over and tried right. to get the manufacturing, car manufacturing back on its feet. And obviously the Germans picked that ball up and, and ran with it and slav and stopped running. Mm-hmm. Whereas over here, when those Brits came back over here, we just carried on doing the shit stuff that we were always doing. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I think that, that doesn't make sense to me because then, you know, my, my MGB Roadster that I had, which was yes. in 1968. And I, um, I didn't know this. And the guy at the garage told me this night, I couldn't find any reference to it online, but, on the one side, the wheel was rubbing on the arch when I went around the bend. And, you know, this is 68, right? This isn't sure. 48, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and I'm saying to the guy, why is it rubbing on the arch? I don't understand. And and he said, oh, there should be a slimmer wheel on that side. 
And I went, no, they're both the same size. And he went, that's your problem. <laughs> and I went, my problem is the both the wheels on the back are the same size. And he went, yes. <laughs> he just goes, what? Just fold the arch in, will you? Yeah. Which is what he did in the end. That is classic. Classic. Anyway, look, I know you've uh, got to jump to a meeting and it's a busy day for you. Yes. So it's uh, been nice. Oh, before I go. Just a quick shout out. I've got the Porsche Club of Western Australia's 40th anniversary cocktail party tomorrow evening. So I'll, uh, I've been a member for like, I think, 11 years of the club. So more than a quarter of its life. I thought you were going to say 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ajmal, I'm not as old as you, am I? Wait, watch it. Yeah. You're older. <laughs> but that could be measured in days, not years, though, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so looking forward to tomorrow evening to that's being held at the porsche center perth so porsche themselves are putting on the event so it should be interesting hopefully uh yes oh, i know James I don't, yeah but it's not me honestly ajmal i've worn a suit twice ever once to my wedding and once to a friend's funeral. That's it. Uh, see, I, I don't mind every now and again putting a suit on, but I did throw them all away when we moved house. Oh. You know, when you go, here's a, here's, a, here's a suit that, you know, I may have spent quite a lot of money on, and you go, it, that's from 10 years ago. I didn't even know I still had it. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, I dug out a whole... There, there were a few of them. I had a tux um, that... I bought maybe 18, 19 years ago. And I remember it was the first big event that I went to with my wife when we first met. Yeah. And uh, she said it's black tie. And I thought, shit. So I went and looked trying to hire one. And I was in the hire shop and he was telling me how much it was. And he said, oh, but I haven't got one in your size. Yeah. And I just look over on the peg and they've got some massive sale on that having a clear out. And I try one on. And it's fifty pounds more than hiring it, and it looks made to measure. Perfect. So I got that. I wore it, wore it three times, and I, I, that's the money back. I would have hired three times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then I never wore it again. Like I put it on when we moved house, and I found it. And my body shape's changed so much in nearly twenty years; it didn't even fit properly. So everything's gone. Well, see, that's the problem I've got. I, I thought maybe I should get a nice tux or something like that for, you know, I'm approaching part of my life where there's an expectation when I attend higher uh, caliber events and probably a nice way to describe it right <laughs> and I tried them on and I'm just not built for them like I'm three feet tall and three feet wide right so and most modern suits are relatively slim fitting and I'm just don't get me wrong I'm not a I'm not a heavy person by any metric but my stature just doesn't seem to suit. I look like, I don't know, page boy. You would oh, be able see, to, see my, you my, my wife loves it when I wear a suit. Yeah, look, my wife wouldn't know. <laughs> because like I said, I've only done it twice and once at our wedding day. I've still got that suit, but, you know, that was that's 20 years ago. That looks a, as comical now as it did then. Well, I had, I had to buy one. I had to buy one. Um early no last summer was it last summer because i got invited as a guest uh to one of those fancy 
uh, enclosures at Royal Ascot. Sure. Um, but you have to wear a suit to even get in. Sure. So I had to, you know, when you wake up on the day and you go, right, okay. And then you go, oh, shit. And that's when I read the, the dress code. And then you just run straight out, grab a suit, put it on, get on the train and go straight from the shop. <laughs> with, your, with your clothes in a bag <laughs> and then hope for Christ that you win you, you pick the right horse right so that you cover the cost of the suit oh no I didn't I didn't win anything I think I I must have spent 30 pounds on bets which is a huge amount for me because I don't gamble at all yeah I don't either I can't yeah I, I can't comprehend it I, I worked yeah, too I hard to give I didn't the money <laughs> yeah I didn't, I didn't even know what to do when I was there and you know someone said oh you've got to pick a horse from there and you go right okay so that I picked works. one <laughs> Yeah, I like the colour. I like the cut of its jib. <laughs> she was picking, and I said to her, "How am I supposed to pick one? I haven't even seen the horse yet." And they go, "That's not how you pick them." <laughs> that's how I pick them. Anyway, I've got to go. Anyway, I've got that. I've got, back to where we were. I've got that event tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, let's catch up again soon. Yes, listeners yes, out there, you will definitely. Listeners out there, thank you very much for tuning in again. Really appreciate the support we've been getting. Um, for those interested, I've started recording these podcasts and posting on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch a couple of uh, balding middle-aged men crap on, you can do so rather than just listen to us if that tickles your fancy. Ajmal is at Flat Cat Driver on most social media, and I am at Mark and Cars. That's M-A-R-C. Mark and Cars. Thanks everyone for listening. Ajmal, as always, it's been a pleasure. Let's catch up again soon. Catch up soon.